beaches of South Florida. Is that you? Hello. Oh my gosh. How in the heck are you? You look amazing today. It is so good to see you again. Come on in. Have a seat. Follow us or subscribe or whatever it is your medium requires and stay a while. We'd love to have you as part of our family. Say, while you're here, can I get you something to think today? An eight-year-old boy was asked to watch the neighbor's dog while they were gone for the weekend. So he went to the house to receive instructions on how they wanted the dog to be cared for. He was asked to walk the dog twice a day, play with her for 30 minutes after each walk, give her a scoop of dog food once in the morning and once again at night, make sure there was fresh water and that the gate was shut and locked each night. The neighbor asked the boy what he thought the job would be worth. The boy considered the opportunity for a moment, put his hand in his pocket, and then with a bidding glimmer in his eyes, responded enthusiastically with, I'll give you $20. Was the boy being helpful or selfish or something entirely different? Have you ever been encouraged to exercise selfish boundaries? Is there a healthy version of selfish? What do you get when you combine selfish and selfless? My best friend once told me that she was selfful. Perplexed by this newfangled word, I asked what selfful meant, and she said, occasionally I need time to myself to recharge, to exercise my personal boundaries and be selfful. Selfful is used in this context as an adjective of a person, action, or higher motive. Intentionally having maximum foresight to calculate one's capabilities while considering a personal desire to fulfill the needs of others. Concerned chiefly with one's own ability to be in a space and capacity where they can give of their best selves to others uh, without burnout. To fill oneself in order to be available to others. For example, I need consistent rest and private time for selfful reasons. Synonyms include sharpen the saw, strategical self-care, best self, know thyself and thy limits, and pit stop. In life, it seems that we try to work like we're not parents, and we try to parent like we don't work, says Janet Kutcher. Children need to see us working. And they need to see us being selfful. They need to see that we have personal boundaries that we know and that we will protect jealously for very healthy reasons. If you don't zealously guard your own personal boundaries, you will find yourself in a life that you have to escape from. Some examples of this selfful or healthy strategical selfish are putting on your airplane oxygen mask. Being mindful of yourself first in order to have a full capacity to be selfless with others. You can't draw from a dry well. Selfful, my best friend said, is making selfish sound noble and optimistic. We frequently do numerous things in a seemingly selfish way that allow us to take short-term selfish and turn it into some long-term selfless reasons. What do you do for selfful needs? One time at work, I needed a selfful moment. While wrapping a pallet, I felt my equilibrium coagulate 
as I went around and around and around. As I stopped and carefully walked myself to the side of the shop for stability, I thought, I'm not sure I could pass a piss test right now. Not because I have anything extra legal in my system, but rather, I don't think I could pee in a cup right now even if I was holding it. Dancing country swing with my best friend brings on the same sensation. After a twirl or two, the equilibrium jello is pretty much set up, and we have to stop, unwind, and hold the wall while we let the world stop spinning. In those moments, being selfful is also self-preservation. Who's with me on that? What is unhealthy selfish? Geocentric? Meocentric? Does selfish happen in conversations? Have you ever talked to a one-upper? You know who I'm talking about. You share something fabulous that happened to you within the past week. And instead of them enjoying your conversation, they have to one-up you by adding something of their own. Let me explain this with a story. Westfield, New York is the home to a grape juice processing facility, at least one. During harvest season, the town smells like grape juice. Like, seriously, grape juice. It was a heavenly waft like I had never experienced before. It also had a corporate office for Welch's, you know, the grape juice, grape jam, all things nummy people. Well, while living there, I visited a man who had a rather expansive grape vineyard. Upon asking him about the size of his operations, he shared some staggering numbers about his spread, as in hundreds of acres. Being young and a bit self-absorbed and feeling it necessary to brag about my family's own cattle operations in Arizona, I proceeded to tell him how many square miles our grazing properties were and how many fence lines we had to repair, the stock ponds, protein blocks, cattle drives, blah, blah, blah. I told him that our property was so spread out that we could get in the old pickup truck in the morning and drive all day and barely reach the other side. To which he wryly responded, I used to have a truck like that. I'll tell you this much. One-uppers are painful to talk to. If you're looking for someone to celebrate with you over a goal accomplished or to be impressed with a crazy thing that happened, don't share it with a one-upper. The conversation gets turned inside out, and you'll walk away feeling like you haven't had one single magnificent experience in your life. When, trust me, you have, and you do. It's not you, it's them. That's what I refer to as a selfish conversation. If someone shares something with you, be impressed. Listen to be selflessly impressed. Not to respond with a one-upper story of your own. People don't want to be minimized. They want you to be a little marvelized by their sharing. Being selfish can also be self-destructive. Do you know people like that? It's almost subconsciously masochistic, like not doing the right thing for yourself and suffering the consequences. And yeah, I have another story for that. Around Christmas time, a couple three years ago, I had ordered my nine-year-old son his first pocket knife. It was a very functional knife made in Germany. It took nearly two months to arrive. So it was more like a Groundhog Day present than anything Christmas-related. The tip of the knife was rounded to protect accidents by the first-time knife owner. 
It had a simple yet effective locking mechanism for open as well as shut. One day, my son came into my room holding his finger. Yeah, it was a cut, a decent cut. I told him, let's get you a band-aid to keep it from bleeding all over the house and to help it start healing. So I went to the first aid supplies and all I could find was some adorable My Little Pony band-aids. I took one to him ready to apply it. When he saw the adorable design of the band-aid, he pulled his finger away from me and said, I'd rather bleed out. Seriously, a nine-year-old. Who is this kid? Here are my takeaways from today's episode. Enthusiasm for what you love can sometimes confuse you. Applying value to your service, even if you love it, is okay and expected. Don't diminish your value. Children need to see us working, parenting, and defending our boundaries. Beware of one-uppers. They are a buzzkill waiting to overlap your moment. When it comes to acting a bit selfly selfish with your personal boundaries, having a best friend who gets you can really make the difference. That connection is so important to me as it should be to you. Honestly, it's irreplaceable for me and she knows it. Hold close to people who understand your boundaries and guard them with you. Don't be too proud for my little pony band-aids. Selfful. Huh. Having friends who invent new words is cool. And seemingly everyone has an old truck like mine. Thank you for listening in today. I'll see you soon. Well, dad blasted. I sure enjoyed the visit today. If you gained something from it, be kind enough to follow us and leave a review. And do it right now. If you would, it'd sure be appreciated. Your comments have been so considerate and honestly left me blushing. And good night. Those reviews make a big difference in the program's visibility. On the Apple platforms, you select the Go to Show option. And then click the circle plus sign at the top right to follow. Then scroll down below the episodes to leave some stars and a review. Them algorithms need all the help they can get so as I can disrupt more good folks like you. So I tell you what, if you got a friend or three that you just don't like very much, well, share this podcast with them and let us bug them for a while. And if you have comments or suggestions for future discussions, well, don't just keep them to yourself. We, we'd love to hear from you. You can DM us on our Instagrams at fyo.podcast. And thank you. Remember to download the Family Tree app and see how you are related to the people from today's episode. All those links will be included in the show notes. Sometimes it's important to look a gift horse in the mouth. Your gift is your ancestry. Your superpower is their family history stories that make you. Not a one of us crawled out from under a rock, regardless of what you've been told. You have 4,094 grandparents, over 12 generations, with thousands of love stories, battles, difficulties, sadness, happiness, and expressions of hope for the future that allows you to be here today. 
We are the culmination of so many things we did not choose. It was designed that way. So be gentle with yourself and others. Take the time to learn yourself through your family history stories. There are innumerable tributaries flowing into the life experience that deceptively seems to be your own, but it's not. So think about that as you row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Russell M. Nelson stated, when our hearts turn to our ancestors, something changes inside us. We feel part of something greater than ourselves. (laughs) I concur. Thank you for joining me on another unbelievably true adventure. Find your family history superpower and activate it. Until the next time, bye.